Welcome to Energy Matters to You, April 2017th edition. The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seek to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. Today's podcast is brought to you with support from National Resource Management. NRM's optimization and analysis tools have been refining the most energy-intensive and least visible components of cold operations for over 20 years, merging precise on-site control with web platform support NRM solutions have been implemented in tens of thousands of retail coolers, distribution and manufacturing plants, laboratory environmental rooms, and food service facilities across North America. National Resource Management. We are your hosts. My name is Leo Ryan. I'm here with my co-host, Ron Galuli. Hey, Ron. Good to have you on the line here. You're somebody who's always paying attention to what's happening in the, the energy space. We hear the term energy storage an awful lot. Uh, what do you hear new in the energy storage area? Thanks, Leo. Well, uh, recently uh, the Mass Clean Energy Center uh, had a solicitation release on March 9th, and okay. that was for a storage award grant program. So that's yep. uh, big news. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, you drive anywhere around Massachusetts and you see residential photovoltaic arrays on houses and you see those large commercial arrays on the side of the, the mass turnpike, uh, clearly energy storage is a way of taking intermittent technologies like photovoltaics and wind and delivering the full, full value of that capacity, of that, of that technology. How, how else can energy storage help, the, help commercial customers in the grid? Well, recently we've seen an increase in demand charges. I know National Grid increased their demand charge, and you combine that with the recent capacity charges, the demand component of the commercial industrial rates is playing a greater role in the actual billing uh, based on the customer's demand profile. So I think storage, and especially solar and the combination of storage, will have greater meaning with the increased demand charges and the ability right. potential ability to mitigate those charges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in addition to that whole demand charge conversation, we have the issue of uh, energy resilience in the event of natural disasters. Certainly that's been on the, the top of a lot of folks planning for, 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 for disasters in the marketplace. Yep, and the storage fits in that microgrid uh, discussion that we've been seeing happening as well. Yeah, what kind of technologies related to energy storage do you think have the, you know, the, the quickest path to adoption? Well, I, I think, you know, you're going to have your um, Battery storage, obviously, that's a big component of it. Ice storage, I hear more and more talk about ice storage. We've had phase change mediums. We've had uh, vendors talk about that. So there's a multitude of technologies out there that can meet the requirements of this RFP. Yeah. So let's um, give us the details on the RFP. What do they require and when does it do? Who's a good candidate to apply? Yeah, so the awards will range from uh, 100000 to $1.25 million, and it's up to $10 million in grant funding, and they expect to pay about 50% of the project cost. It'll be interesting to see what those awards are and who they're for and how much and what types of technologies. And the grant deadline is June 9th, so that's right around the corner. Yeah, very good. 
All right, so uh, MassCEC, that's the place to, to get all that information. As you said, uh, June 9th is right around the corner, so if folks are interested, that's where they should head and get started on it. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate that. Thank you. Well, today we've got, uh, we've got some great guests on. We've got uh, some folks from National Resource Management, probably better known as NRM. We've got uh, Carl August, who's a business development manager focusing on the ESCO sector of the marketplace, and uh, Cooler Whisper, CEO and founder of NRM, Emery uh, Schweikoffer. Gentlemen, nice to, nice to uh, have you on the line with us. Great. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. So the uh, so NRM is positioned as a an energy conservation control solution with a focus particularly on small and medium sized businesses. You know what I'd love you to do is just give us a a, a little background on the company. Uh, my understanding is that the focus has been on cold storage. So anybody who got who has cold storage is a candidate. Tell me tell me why uh, Emery you, you took the technology in the direction of cold storage. Uh, the primary reason was very few people are actually doing anything in that area, and, and, and there hasn't been any real, uh, let's say, innovation in, in quite a long time. When we got in it, uh, my original energy efficiency focus was in lighting, and that was in 90, up to 94 or so, and then what's, that's when we got started doing some little bit of refrigeration here and there, and as, as I got more and more into it, as a, as a mechanical engineer, the more I learned about it, I always thought this stuff was already solved, but the more I learned, it wasn't. And, and you have all these small businesses, which is uh, what we originally got started with, uh, with National Grid, which back then was Mass Electric, and then and, and Star and Com Electric, which is now Eversource. But we started doing quite a bit of work, and we were getting some awesome results. Not having had really a refrigeration background, we were able to try things that nobody else had tried and uh, innovate. Uh, most people say, you can't do that. Well, we did it, and we said, well, geez, it's working really well. I don't know why we can't do it. So we right. were getting kind of results that, that were blowing us away, typically saving in the 30 to sometimes 40% energy and refrigeration. Uh, and then we got into controlling anti-sweat heaters, doing uh, LED lights in the coolers, uh, replacing motors with ECM motors. Over the years, as those new technologies showed up, we incorporated them into our refrigeration solutions. And uh, as time went on some more, we developed a web-based platform so that we could remotely view and see what's actually going on as we got customers further and further from our office. We wanted to have a way of having to see what's going on before we send a technician out to try to repair something that the customer thought we caused. So 99% of the time, uh, people are the ones that cause most of the problem in refrigeration. good example was the, uh, the people that stock beer in a beer cooler or a convenience store. They'll go in there and shut the fans off, and then they'll forget to turn the fans, the fans back on. And, uh, and then later on, we get a call from the customer saying, hey, our fans are not running, cooler's getting warm. We get out there and we turn the switch and turn the fans back on. So we actually developed a button that says, hey, we'll press this button, it'll shut the fans off for 20 minutes, and they'll automatically come back on. But right, those right. are the kind of things that we've kept adding to get more value out of because our our success is based on how well and how long things are in place. And, and we've got customers that have been in there for 20 years, and they're still using the same system, getting value out of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Emmy, you've tracked us through a whole bunch of different uh, elements of the business development, but uh, I was really struck by the fact that uh, you started 
the, the process in the lighting sector of the marketplace. And um, in talking to customers, you realize that there was very little in, in, the, in the way of refrigeration energy efficiency. Is that a, a fair statement? That's a fair statement, and then we learned quite a bit on our own just by some trial and error. We did a lot of research, and we were lucky enough to have a very smart uh, electrical engineer who was able to write the software for our control system that we developed. So so technically, we're actually a software company, if you want to call it that, and then we manufacture the controls that do the work that the software goes into and produces a result, and then we're also electrical contractors. So we pretty much install most of what we uh, develop and sell, turnkey. Yeah. Okay, so I'm getting the sense here that uh, you're, you're in the marketplace. It's kind of an iterative approach where uh, you see a problem, you present a solution, you explain that there's some, some failures. I, I really like to get a sense of um, specifically the kinds of problems that your clients were having and how you assembled all the different pieces of the technology that now represent the full suite of NRM's uh, service. So it's kind of difficult to say here's the problem because most customers we go out and solicit and uh, 99% of the problem is that people don't know they have a problem and, and basically which ended up being the wasted energy and sometimes poor performing equipment. They don't know when something's running properly or not. There's no check okay. engine light on the cooler. Yep. So there's nothing to tell them that, hey, it's operating inefficiently. Our system would track statistically the run times of fans, compressors, et cetera, so that the customer could get a sense of, so that's where my money's going. And, uh, and we were able to now log that remotely and, and have visibility remotely in real time uh, as we developed the uh, web-based platform. We, you know, Harvard came to us because they lost a uh, freezer over a holiday weekend. They lost $25,000 worth of food. And they said, well, geez, we really need a solution. They can't afford to have this because not only did they have to replace the food, they still had to make all the products on the menu, all, all the menu items. So they had to really scramble to do that. So we saw the problem, and now they have real-time visibility in about 37 coolers throughout the campus uh, for all their dining areas, and they're able to get those alerts on their cell phones as a text message or an email to tell them, hey, what's going on with something's wrong. But uh, many of our larger cold storage customers have redundant systems, so they technically will have, uh, you know, two or three compressors in the same cooler in case they lose one because they have way too much product. If they lost that cooler, they couldn't move it somewhere else. So because of that, uh, there's this excess capacity, and, and that capacity is what we tackle in terms of the gap between the capacity and the actual demand at any given time. And we manage all the loads, and we typically get anywhere from 30% on up energy savings by manipulating and managing and still maintaining their their uh, temperature requirements. Uh, so if you get into a large, large cooler, we're, we're saving in the neighborhood of a dollar a square foot, let's say, per year. In our neck of the woods, there have been areas where we've saved as much as $5 a square foot on smaller coolers with uh, depending on the workload going on through there. So anybody's got a cooler would be a good candidate for, for our systems, whether it's a small cooler or a very large cooler. We're working on one that's a quarter million square feet in New Jersey. So they're all out there, and they, they all see value, and it really comes down to the fact that customers and even many contractors uh, uh, 
don't know what's going on. People that have redundant systems may not know that one of the redundants have already failed. And right. contractors are now coming to us saying, hey, I'd like your system because I can serve my customer better when I know what the heck's going on. Well, let me, let me get right to that. If you go to your, your LinkedIn profile, you've got yourself listed as a cooler whisperer. So you're one of these people who's trained us to see the problems. And you give us a nice uh, a line there that uh, there's no check engine light on the cooler. So a lot of the folks that you're selling into, they're not even going to be aware that there's a problem, as, as you explained. So tell me, when you, when you pr present your technology to, to some of these end-use customers, like, like a Harvard or a large cold storage unit that you're working on, what kind of objections do you hear from these folks, and, and, and what's your response to get through some of the common objections? Well, the objections typically are, is my service contractor going to still be able to maintain my cooler? Are they going to run into problems? What happens if your system fails? You know, all of those things. And, and what we've learned from the very beginning, because we we're very cautious developing our controls, we actually have a bypass function where some customer can go and actually shut our controls off and everything reverts back to what was there prior to us installing. So we technically have redundant control systems, which really helps the customer to say, okay, I, I'm comfortable with that because now if i got a technician that comes out to service my equipment, I don't have to have teach him exactly everything that your, your control system is doing. So th those are some of the objections. Um, again, most customers don't know what their real problem is, and they don't understand it. They just look for temperature alarms, and that's it. We right. have on our system and our platform, we have short cycle alarms, so if something starts short cycling, we have uh, if the controller calls for cooling it doesn't see any amps, It'll send out a message saying, hey, compressor failed to respond, or we have excessive runtime alarms, or, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that are more mechanical related than temperature related because most customers are just used to looking at temperature. Sure. Yeah. That's great. That's really helpful. Give us a sense of uh, how the marketplace reacts to, to your uh, service. Now, Ron, you've spent uh, a big chunk of your career uh, inside the utility or consulting with utilities. I wonder if uh, you've got any thoughts or questions related to uh, program managers or O&M processes with utilities that uh, that you want to ask uh, Emery and Carl about. Yeah, Emery, I, I know some utilities uh, provide your service as a program or actually have you run the program. You know, what percentage of that is your business? Do you see more utilities approaching you to actually run a program associated with refrigeration or is it more of the business through through the, your ESCO partners. How, how does how does that That's too uh, hard of a question. Out? I mean, <laughs> as you know, the uh, <laughs> the energy saving environment right now is changing so much, and uh, yeah. we've done probably like I said fifteen thousand installations. So all of that stuff changes the whole uh, environment in in the energy efficiency market, and we're always looking at new technologies to add to what we're doing, and, and we've got a couple of new ones which I'd like to present in maybe a future podcast that I think you guys could really wow, and it is related to refrigeration and, and air conditioning. But, uh, yeah, I, I understand your question, and, and I'd say that fluctuates quite a bit. Yeah, and, and this is Carl, okay. and to Emery's point, what you're, gonna, what you're starting to see more so now is the utilities are actually making us work with um, channel partner vendors 
So we're not more so running programs anymore. We're working hand-in-hand with a channel partner to bring a more comprehensive solution to the customer. So to help the, to help the customer versus having multiple people approaching them, you're going to have one, one big group approaching them with a list of measures. Great. Okay. Now, uh, you, did, you did speak about, um, you know, the fault detection, et cetera, and I know um, there's the ancillary benefit of O&M savings associated with some of the, you know, actions the customer can take that result in savings. Uh, you know, how, how have the utilities have dealt with that? I know in some cases they have difficulty actually monetizing those savings. Are you seeing them you know, being more engaged to try to claim those savings, or is that something that's still more uh, an ancillary? We, we, haven't, we really haven't seen much of that. I mean, I know that we save quite a bit. In fact, one of the premium restaurants in uh, Boston, which uh, Legal Seafood, we did a project for them. And after we're doing the project and we, you know, a few months down the road, we went back and visited with uh, a team and they said, you know, it's hard for us. We have so many loads, and all you did was the coolers and certain things. And, and we didn't see it. We can't really tell how much energy we're saving, but, but our maintenance savings has gone down by 56%. And I go, like, really? I said, well, all right. After a while, I go, like, well, what is the number? I, you know, 56% is great. And they said, well, we spend 13000 a month on maintenance. And, we, and I said, we save 56% of that. He says, yeah. So because we monitored a whole bunch of things in that particular restaurant. It was it was more of a uh, a pilot. We measured their hot water tank for washing dishes. We measured a lot of the little under counter coolers that they use where they throw in the fish before they throw it on the grill. We measured you know a whole bunch of things that that were given them major pains, which you know there was a way to solve those problems. In fact, uh, most recently in the last few years, we had an incident. You guys probably go to Bruins games maybe. We're in TD sure. Garden. We have about 30-some coolers there that we have online that can be monitored remotely. There was a two-week period where there was no Celtics or Bruins game, and all of a sudden we we saw an alarm in the morning that was uh, they did uh, that one of their coils were all iced up because somebody went in there, stocked the cooler, and turned the fans off and left the fans off, and all of a sudden they had a big problem. But by the time game time that night, Everything was back to normal and uh, and working properly. So those are the kind of things that are huge to a customer that has event dependent. You know, like here's an event that they have to be ready for, or some. Let's say if it's FDA, they have to meet certain stringent requirements in terms of temperature logging, temperature data. Uh, we just finished a job in New Jersey that was for a little biotech with four four zones in a cooler, and they had very precise temperatures that they maintain. And, and their redundancy is so great that their compressors are only running 6 to 8% a day, and, but they wanted all of them to be exercised. So we created some, some tricky scenarios that worked out really, really well, and uh, customers very happy. Uh, they have to revalidate that cooler because of the changes we made, which is actually being done right today. Uh, but those are those are the kind of success stories, and those are the customers that really depend on, and we get a lot of future work out of them. And we've done a great job at uh, summarizing that. We had one of our, our bullet points to get through on this podcast was some uh, some stories from the field about successes, and you've you've covered uh, food disruption at Harvard, uh, maintenance savings at Legal Seafoods, the preservation of beer and coolers at TD Gardens, and FDA Biotech. That's uh, that's an impressive list of of uh, the anecdotes for us. 
Well, we, you know, I mean, they don't call me Cooler Whisperer for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I, well, I had to sleep in a cooler one night in order to get that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, no, I, I feel like, uh, you know, having looked at so many trends and uh, data points in coolers and freezers that after a while you kind of, you do become somewhat similar to what they talk about, you know, as a Cooler Whisperer. Your heart isn't frozen, though, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, guys, we try to keep these podcasts to about 15 minutes, and I'm sure that we could keep talking for, for an hour or more with stuff. This has been a great conversation. Let me ask you guys, um, who's, who's a good candidate, a target for you? Who are the kinds of people or kinds of companies that uh, you want to get your message out to? Well, small businesses are great. You know, we've done thousands of liquor stores and convenience stores, many, many thousands. Of, and breweries. Breweries, uh I mean, distribution facilities, whether it's a beer distributor, food distributor, meat packer, produce, uh, in the produce uh, center there in Boston and Chelsea, we have many, many customers that have all their systems online. Uh, and those people come in at 2 in the morning, will work till about 10 in the morning, then they go home and, and they want to know what's going on after they leave, you know, when they yeah. close all the doors and put everything in. They want to know when if there's another alarm or something comes up. It's very important because one customer had a, a, a truck full of avocados. This was in the wintertime and their refrigeration on the truck failed and they had basically a bunch of frozen ice cubes for avocados, but they still had to supply them to a customer they sold them to. So they had to go out and buy those. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll stand. Hey, Ron, before we bring this to a close, anything else that uh, you, you want to ask? No, I, I am all set. I, I do know for our utility listeners, the the new incentives are online, at least in Massachusetts and soon to be Rhode Island, and the utility will have their vendor uh, seminars coming up in March, and we'll probably see you guys there. Yeah, great. Yeah, we look forward to it. Look forward to it. Well, Carl and Emery, thanks so much for joining us here on Energy Matters to You. Great to have you as part of the Energy Matters to You family. We've got about 18 folks who participated, and glad to have NRM as among that group. Uh, we'll be tracking your progress as, as time goes by. All right. Thank you. Look forward to futures. You're welcome. We'd also like to, once again, thank the sponsor for today's show, National Resource Management. Every day, tens of thousands of coolers and freezers across North America run smarter because of NRM operations. Now it's time to see what NRM can do for you. For Energy Matters to You, this has been Leo Ryan and Ron Galuli. There's work to be done. Go make a difference.